everyone. Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Palick, and today I'm joined by a fellow Austin native. Well, I shouldn't say native, but fellow Austinite, uh, Veronica. Yes. Hi. Hi, Jenna. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this chat with you. I'm super excited too. We've been DMing back and forth for the past couple of months, and we finally got time on the calendar that aligns for both of us. So before today's episode, as you can obviously read in the title description, we are talking about having a child-free life and kind of like going a less traditional route of not wanting to have children and not having that pressure from society to be forced to have a family. So I did a quick Google search and it says 63% of women actually don't want, they don't have any desire to have children. So as many of my listeners are, you know, you're in college right now, or you're in your thirties. And I have, I have some older listeners too. I think a lot of us are starting to feel that pressure of like getting engaged, settling down, having a family. And today I wanted to talk to Veronica and share her story and, um, hopefully resonate with some of you out there who don't really feel like that is your path. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to, uh, to definitely share on how I landed in this way. Uh, it was definitely an a long process for me, at least. Um, some people tend to, from the time they're super young, they know they don't have kids. They don't. They they know that they don't want to have kids, and that's settled. The book is closed on that. Some people don't have that much clarity on it, and then there's other women who have known from just as young of an age that they have to be moms, right? Mm -hmm. So there's two ends of the spectrum. And then the middle is a lot, a lot of women who aren't really sure, who don't really know what they truly want for themselves Mm -hmm. and may be confused because they've always been told this is what you have to do. And maybe they haven't been presented with the choice of you don't need to do this unless you want to. Um, so it gets really complicated, especially when you reach your late 20s, early 30s, when the questions and the pressure really start. Mm-hmm. And when did you feel like that started for you? It started for me in my late 20s. Um, I got married in my late 20s. And as soon as you get married, people want to know when the baby's coming. Like as soon as, like I've had so many people DM me and they're like, during my wedding, as I'm going around talking to people, they want to know when the baby's coming. So it really <laughs> hits you immediately. And uh, so that's when it all really starts. And people actually really want to know when, when is the date? When are you starting? They're so excited for you. Um, so it feels like, okay, you checked off this life box of marriage, and now you have to check off this box of becoming a parent. And it doesn't give you a lot of time to process the information, like to process about what you really want to do. I grew up Catholic and it was just having kids is just something that you do, right? Like you just uh, raise your family um, with the religious belief that you're there to procreate and to grow your family. So I wasn't really fully aware that there was a choice. I really wasn't. I knew that I wasn't 
I didn't have a true desire to have children, but I also had my moments where I would see a mom and a baby or a mom and a kid. And I would feel very strange about it. Like, oh, maybe I do want that. And then people start to tell you, you're going to miss out. Who's going to take care of you when you're older? Uh, This is the best. This is the only time uh, type of love that you'll um, that will be real to you. You're not going to be fulfilled unless you do this thing. So then your mind starts just going a little bit nuts mm-hmm. because even though you're not hundred percent being pulled towards motherhood, all this outside commentary is starts to make you doubt your choice and starts to make you, am I really making the best decision for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, my entire thirties was me discovering if this choice was for me. And how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I'm 47. Oh my God, girl, what? (laughs) What is your skincare routine? (laughs) That's a serious question. Like I have to know, I feel like we're sitting here and I probably, I look a little bit older than you (laughs) and I'm 25. Oh my God. I actually have no skincare routine. I'm actually looking for one because I am starting to feel older and, you know, definitely look older. But I think that my superpower is just pure genetics. My mom is 76. Oh, my goodness. You would have no idea at all. So I think it just runs in the family. Yeah. You're blessed. You're blessed. I also (laughs) think, too, like a key to not aging is just happiness and positivity. hundred percent. And people always joke that the reason that I'm still young and I still look young is because I don't have kids. And I'm not going to say that may not be part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? It, so you said you grew up Catholic. And so obviously in that kind of environment, when your family is encouraging you to have a family, how was that kind of, did you have a conversation with them about maybe not wanting to have children or were you just having conversations with friends or was this like an internal um, kind of challenge you were thinking through? This was internal. This was completely internal, but it wasn't, it wasn't like my parents or anybody I knew was saying, you know, is this something you want out of your life? It was more approached as when, when is this happening? So I think that because I'm so career driven and in my twenties and my thirties, like my career was my number one focus that people just thought to themselves, oh, she's going to do this career thing and then she's going to start. So it started being a little bit more acceptable that they were going to give me a little bit more leeway to make this happen. Um, But yeah, it was never really a discussion I had with people. And the reason is because at the time, I just felt so alone in this. I didn't, I'm from New York City. I didn't have any other choppy friends all my friends are having babies in their 20s and their 30s. I was literally the only one. And I wasn't confident in my choice enough at that time to speak my truth. I was just feeling like an outcast. And I was feeling like there must be something wrong with me because I don't know anyone else who's going through this. And I think that's common today. Yeah. Did you feel any sense of like fear that you would disappoint like your family or friends? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, my, I know, especially with parents, they want grandkids and they really really want grandkids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was, I I tend to be a very logical person, right? So it was a lot, it was easier for me to see her craving grandkids 
and me logically saying, well, I can't make this life altering decision so mm-hmm. that you're not upset about grandkids, right? Like it has to be all about like what is going to fulfill me and what is going to make me happy. So I was able to, over a long period of time, take the pressure from the grandparents and take, I would get the comments from friends. Oh, if you have one, we can raise them together at the same time. (laughs) So all that, you know, I had to process and really understand what's going on here. Where is this coming from and what's, how best can I handle it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a Facebook group of, I think we're at 57,000 people now and it's awesome. And there's also an anonymous feature where girls can ask questions without, you know, tagging their name to their post. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes we get a lot of questions about relationships and sometimes they are about like families or um, kind of managing expectations or disappointment from their family members when making a decision about like, their life partner or getting engaged, moving in with someone before they're married, you know, like timelines of when they should have children. So I'd really feel as though this conversation we're having will touch so many of those uh, girls in the group and hopefully give them some reassurance that it's okay to make your own decision without, Mm -hmm. you know, having the fear of disappointing other people. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, it's just about there's so much internal questions and processing that needs to happen. But the problem is that you really need to be in like a quiet, safe space to do that. And sometimes it just, it's too much what's going around us because it's not only parents or family or friends, it's just society as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to watch a movie. You're going to listen to a podcast. You're going to watch a show on Netflix. And it's all delivering the message of this is what you need to do. And this is what um, you ultimately is going to bring you your happiness and fulfillment, right? Like even I remember watching, it's an old movie, Four Christmases. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that movie. So do I. It's hysterical. I mean, every single visit is hysterical, but I remember starting to watch that movie and I thought, oh my God, here is a movie finally that is showing this couple that is, they're not married and they don't want to have a baby and they're being really um, expressive about it and they, they're feeling really confident about it. So I'm like so excited. And then you get to the end, which is in every movie that they finally get married, they have the baby and everybody's Perfectly. happy. Yeah. And now like we have our fairy tale ending and it's so frustrating to me that this fairy tale ending continues to be, the story continues to be told when there's a whole other story that is just sort of kept in the dark. And Mm -hmm. that's the life that I'm living. Yeah. So let's talk about your current fairy tale life then. So you're 47, you're living in Austin, Texas. Wow. A condo downtown. You're living your best life with your partner. You're Mm -hmm. engaged. So let's talk about what your fairy tale life looks like since it doesn't include children. Yeah. I mean, there is just so many benefits. And at this point in my life, and so is my partner, Rick, like we are grateful almost on a daily basis. Like if we don't, we just don't talk about it. Maybe that one day that we have chosen this path. Like it's so, we just are like, oh, we're so grateful about it. And for so many reasons. Number one is that we both prioritize our relationship. Our relationship is number one. And we have the time to 
work on ourselves. We do a lot of self-work. We have the time to work on our relationship. We used to work with an amazing couples therapist. We don't see her anymore, but we'll, we'll check in with her if there's a tool that we're missing or something that we can't figure out. And I speak to my friends who have kids and they'll share a fight that they had with their significant other or their husband. And I'm like, so how did you get through that? And they're like, oh, we didn't. We, we just, we just put it to the side because we, we don't have the time. Like we have so many other things to focus on. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we can focus not only on each other, but on all our relationships, specifically with our friends, with family members, um, we just cherish and value that so much. That's just such a big priority for us. Uh, number two is freedom because having the freedom to just you know, for example, we started the child free connection, just like as a thought, and we we're both working full time. And we're like, let's try this thing, right? So um, having the freedom to start, whether it's a startup or a hobby, I actually just started taking up pickleball. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> so I just started playing. It's my third week, third week, I've been taking lessons. And oh, you're like, legit, you're taking oh, lessons. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not good. <laughs> but I am determined to be good. Um so, you know, like just having the ability to say, I'm good. I want to be a pickleball player because everyone, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Austin does it. So I want to be able to go out and play pickleball with people yeah. um, and just having the freedom of managing our schedules. We both, we both work from home. Right. And you know how it is. Like you can pick like, okay, I need, I, I need to sleep in a little bit tomorrow. So I'm going to work an extra hour to today. So then I don't get stressed right tomorrow. We can pick our own schedules And there's so much fun things to do here. We're foodies. We love trying new restaurants. There's just, we can be super spontaneous and just pick up and go to, we went to La Cantera recently. It's like a couple hour drive. And like, we just spent the weekend there. And, you know, it's just so nice to be able to do that without having to worry about babysitters and everything else. Yeah. Speaking of babysitters, do you have any animals, any pets? Yes. <laughs> no, because getting a dog, I was like, ooh, okay, maybe I don't need to have kids for a long time. <laughs> that was a huge realization because having a pet kind of like fixed that, you know, that little yeah. scratch you have. And totally. then you realize that it's a huge responsibility and your entire Dude. lifestyle changes around like just an animal, let alone a living, breathing human person that you have to take care of. So it definitely made me realize that there is absolutely no rush in any way for me to have kids because I need to be able to take care of myself and a dog and a partner before I could ever even think about children. But Mm -hmm. exactly. Dogs are the same. Like we treat him like a human. So like he gets, you know, all the best perks out of life that he can. And we are, we worry about him. Um, If anything's wrong, if he's not feeling good, we're freaking out. So yeah, it's very much, and I'm aware that people are, you know, people say like, well, a dog isn't a child. (laughs) Like, thanks for that update. I had no idea. I'm like, I'm not comparing it to a human child. We're just comparing the, the experience of the responsibility and being that the responsibility is not as grand as a child. A really exciting major life update. As many of you know, or if you didn't know, now you do. I put an offer on a house last week. It got approved and I'm now under contract 
for a house in Austin. I get the keys right after we get back from the 5K in LA. And so I've already started kind of cleaning out my house right now for things to donate, things to sell on Facebook Marketplace, of course. And I am going to take majority of my furniture from my rental house into the new home. But one thing that I do need are new appliances. Like our skillet is just burned all the way through. We use it way too much. We have a nice air fryer that we'll take with us, but we need new pots and pans because those are also burned. (laughs) I think half of our silverware has disappeared because Connor always takes it to his office and we could definitely use some more plates and bowls and silverware type stuff, which luckily Macy's has. You guys already know this. Funnel Weekdays podcast is sponsored by Macy's and I'm excited to continue working with them as I enter my homeowner era. So I will link a bunch of home furniture, appliances, silverware, all the things on my Macy's landing page, which is macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. It's like, whoa, right? There's a lot there. Um, So yeah, having a pet is definitely very fun. (laughs) My, My aunt Leslie, she's our cool aunt. We always talk about her, our cool aunt. She's like trendy and she's just in the know. She dresses awesome and she doesn't have any children. Um, She's been married for years to my uncle and they just weren't able to have children and their dog basically is like their child. Um, And Uh, obviously, you know, when you say that, like to compare a dog to a child when you are not like a mother of a human baby, I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe on the flip side, that would kind of like, um, what's the word? not irritate, but like upset people who actually are a mother. And it's a huge, huge, huge responsibility. So how do you kind of manage your relationships with your friends between, you know, your child free friends and your friends that have children? Yeah. So my best friend from home, um, well, all my best friends from home have kids, but my one best friends, we've, we've been close since sophomore year in high school. She has four. So so we have such different lives that we actually laugh so much. Like it's mainly me laughing at her day actually, because she is so open about the craziness of her life. And I'm like tearing up because her one day sounds insane to me (laughs) like as far as picking up dropping off doing this doing that and uh and but I mean we just respect each other's decision like we just completely get that each of us made this choice and there's no judgment and that's one thing about about this whole thing is that there's a lot of it creates a lot of um uh it creates a conflict between moms and non-moms And that was kind of where I was leading into. It's like this judgmental conflict. Yeah, there is. And um, I I really pride myself in the fact that there is no judgment coming from me because first of all, I advocate for choice, right? The choice to be child-free. And I explain like what child-free life is all about and what it can be and what it could be, what it's going to look like. And for me to judge someone who decided to have kids is so counterproductive, right? Like it's almost like, well, here's what I'm trying to talk about, but like, don't listen to their side. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I want women to have the choice. If you love the idea of having multiple kids around, like you should do that. You should follow your heart, follow your dreams. I'm completely respectful of those moms, but 
um, unfortunately, not everybody is there yet in both communities. There's definitely a lack of understanding and perhaps there's a lack of empathy as well to accept one another's choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm not in the position to experience yeah. what that feels like, but uh, yeah. I, could under, I could definitely understand from both sides. It is like, there is always an extreme on both ends of like yeah. everything. Yeah. And I think it's also like, I have a program It's called Is Child Free for Me for women who are really not in the middle, but leaning towards a child-free life, but have all those concerns that we've talked about, the pressure and, and pronatalism messaging coming at them. And it just gets really complicated and they're driving themselves nuts trying to figure this out. So I help them through the process of doing that. And what I found to be really important is I have women come to me with such FOMO, like the fear of missing out of what it's like to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard from, and more and more in this past six months, I would say, moms contacting me and really saying how hard uh, motherhood has been for them. And it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And I even have some emails from women that say they absolutely love their children, would do anything for them, but they really mourn what their life used to be. And they almost, and they wish that they could do that again. Right. Um, so there's this FOMO, but I tried to explain that you are going to miss out. Like we can't, we can't do both, right? You can't be a mom and not be a mom. So the idea is you're going to miss out on both sides. And I think people get confused about that. Like when they're trying to decide, they're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to miss out on, you know, little family trips and I'm going to miss out on what it's like to take my kid to kindergarten the first day and all of that. But I hear the same thing on the other side, right? I miss being able to just do what I want. I miss my freedom. I miss my self-care. I miss my identity. I had such a strong identity before kids and now I don't have it. So it's really important to understand that you are going to miss out, but the trick is not to focus on what you're missing out, is to focus on what you're gaining by that choice. And once you're able to do that, it makes it a lot easier not to focus on what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is also another key to happiness is focusing on what you have to be grateful for. Um, Definitely. I made a conscious decision in the past, uh, past year to just really focus on all of the positive, not the negative. Mm -hmm. And that FOMO, I think is a very consistent thing in your twenties to your thirties. You're honestly your entire life. Like you see your friends doing something or your family is doing something and you constantly think about what your life could be on the alternate side or different decisions that you've made. And so it's definitely hard to not think about that FOMO, but that's a great piece of advice for women that like kind of resonate with this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's important to have that distinction. Mm -hmm. So you said when you're helping women kind of decipher how they're feeling, whether this child-free life is for them and you have a program for it, Mm -hmm. um, What are some of the questions that you ask women? Well, it's not really questions that I ask them. I have them question themselves. Okay. If I was just to, I have them do a lot of reflection. Um, So basically the way it works is like, I'll, I'll teach them something and 
And what's, what's cool about my program is that I think that now because of social media and because of technology, we can go into information overload hell. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, it's a, it's a pro and it's a con at the same time. And it's a con, right? And it's, yeah. it's always a con when you're trying to make a decision and this happens to be a life altering decision. So people will start you know, reading every book, like just Googling everything under the sun, trying to find podcasts, like trying to find answers that are coming from all different perspectives. So it's so important to bring it back to yourself. So that's what it's about. It's about like you specifically, right? Like, how do you feel about this? How do you understand what we're talking about? Is it going to, um, is this reflection helping you get past this really large hurdle that you have? And so I'm really just a guide. I'm just guiding them through and having them ask themselves questions that are super, super important. Like, for example, um, we talk about snapshot moments a lot in my course, and I name them snapshot moments because some women get really confused, and which I mentioned briefly before let's say you're leaning towards maybe not having children, right? But then you see you're um, at a game, maybe you have a niece or a nephew or someone who you're supporting and you see the moment where the kid wins and they run over to their parents and they have the big hug and they're holding the trophy and everyone's crying and there's pictures, that whole moment, right? Mm -hmm. So that whole moment can really turn people into a tailspin because those snapshot moments make you wonder like, oh, I must be doing the wrong thing, right? And these can happen all the time when you see someone rubbing their pregnant belly or you see like a special sweet moment with a mom and the daughter, they're wearing matching outfits, you know, and then you see all these mommy and me accounts. <laughs> and so it starts to get into your head oh, this moment I'm missing out in. So what we discuss is what does this snapshot moment represent for you, right? Like what is it, what hole is it feeling? And is it the hole that you think you're missing? Because a lot of the time we are so focused on that one moment. And I have noticed that the snap snapshot moments are usually when it's a baby or like, shortly thereafter and then it skips to when the kid is like 30 <laughs> when you're graduating you're like Bye. yeah and like you can have like a coffee and and co big adult conversation with your kid right mm -hmm. so it's funny because people tend to forget that you're raising a human being yeah. and that that little cute baby stage where you're taking your little first photo shoot and whatever it only lasts a couple weeks right mm -hmm. and then and then, but the day to day, you go into toddlerhood and then you have, you know, uh, a tween and then you have a teenager and then it just goes on and on that those snapshot moments tend to blind us to knowing like, oh, there's a whole 20 plus years of responsibility here. And you have no idea what kind of kid you're going to get either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully that hopefully like you're a great parent and you raise your kid into exactly who you ever dreamed of them being, but yeah, yeah. that's a huge responsibility too. And in order for that person to turn out to be who, who you expect and want, 
it requires like so much time. So now that I'm older and I look back on my parents and the sacrifices that they made in order to raise me and my two other sisters, I mean, they had three girls and like not only the time commitment, but more importantly, the financial commitment. So let's talk about finances (laughs) and um, how that is for you, you know, not having to pay for a children's school or college or a car or anything. I mean, their sneakers, their phones, their their, um, iPads, their computers, like all of the things. Um, My friend's kid was just graduating and she was telling me, he's a senior and she was telling me like, you know, the, the prom and the pre-prom and the pre-pre-prom and the post-prom and like the, the, the senior trip and like the graduation and then the graduation party and the gifts, like it's insane. It's just completely insane. And I can't tell you how many times I've said to myself, like, thank goodness that I'm not in that financial stress, especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, people were just, you know, my friends had their kids at home. They're doing online learning plus all these expenses are coming up. Like it's just, it's just a completely, and again, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just a completely different path. And the idea that, uh, that I'm making my own money and my partner is making his own money and that we can just take that money and use it however we want Mm -hmm. is just feels incredible right and then some people might think because we do get the criticism all the time that we're selfish and (laughs) I was going with this actually yeah yeah. we get it all the time that we're super selfish that we only care about ourselves and that narrative I can't even tell you like how tired I am of it because it just has no um it just has no meaning anymore. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, for so many reasons, right? Like, first of all, selfishness is not is weaponized, right? Like we all are selfish to an extent, right? Like whether we, we might want, like you might want your office closer to, let's say you didn't move into your new house. Like maybe you want to make it so you get a place that's convenient for you to get to, right? That's being selfish. Just like a parent maybe puts their kid not in the dance class they want to go to that's an hour away, but one that's 20 minutes away because they're going to have to do all the pickup and drop offs. So that's selfish because you're thinking of yourself. But there's nothing wrong with that because all of us are selfish and selfless, right? Like we all are. And anybody who thinks that they're selfless in every act is lying to themselves and then to accuse a whole entire cohort of people that they're being selfish is lying to themselves because I think we get this like um we get this we're laying on the couch with our feet up watching Netflix all day and we do nothing because we just like don't care about society we don't care about life where it couldn't be more opposite of the actual truth Uh, I mean, we have so many people in our community that are educators, that are nannies, that contribute, that are volunteers, that run teams, um, that just do such amazing work. Actually, one of my really good friends here who moved to Austin, she she has a 17-year-old girl that she's been taking care of since she was about 15 because the mother just disappears. When she's on break, she has nowhere to live. She doesn't have food, you know? So it's like, it's really interesting. And, and it's not just in working with children. We have people 
because the the accusation of selfishness matches um that we don't want any responsibility which is insane to me because i feel like i have my i mean right don't you feel like you have so much responsibility so you're responsible for so many things in your life Mm -hmm. and um and then yet people accuse you of just being too lazy to have kids like it's just doesn't add up this is these are all like stories and narratives that have been passed on through centuries um, I've done so much research on where this all came from. I mean, I can tell you about the 1400s and 1500s. Like this just idea has been swirling and swirling. And we're now at the point, or at least me and Rick are, where it's like, stop the madness. None of this is true. Both are viable, fulfilled paths that people can take. Yeah. Do you feel as though in our day and age that, not having children is becoming more and more accepted by society or that there is still the same level of judgment? So this is what I think. So the idea, because there's more education on child-free life and there's more people coming forward with it, I think that people are under the impression that this is no longer a problem. And that I think I know because I get these types of, we have a YouTube channel too. um, And we get these types of comments all the time. Why talk about it? Nobody cares. (laughs) But, but but which is really funny because, and I'll get that on Instagram too. And somebody will be like, you're so ridiculous. Who cares about your child-free life? And then I'll go look at their page and it's all like everything their kids do day by day. So it's like the same thing. You're talking about your kid because that's, what you're proud of and that's what you want to show off. And I'm talking about my personal life. Like, what is the difference? We're both doing the same thing, but you're so bothered by having this conversation. I think there's a level, the curiosity is definitely up. There's more education, but to me and the research I've done, it doesn't correlate necessarily with acceptance. Okay. So what I'm seeing is the rise of people speaking up, of voices being heard, but it's still not accepted in the way that you think. Because I think people just assume because it's out there in the social media and just media landscape that this is no longer a big deal. Um, But it's not, I mean, there's so much work to do, especially we work with people around the world. So different cultures, different countries are way behind. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, some are ahead. Um, But yeah, no, this is absolutely still exists. But I think that because it's being spoken about, maybe less people are inclined to judge um, and criticize, but it's still very much alive. I mean, I hear it every day. Yeah. Well, I think as the age, like the average age that people are now getting married at is continuing to get older and older. My parents, I think they got married when they were 21, 22, maybe. Yeah, of course. When I was was growing up, I'm like, I'm going to be engaged and married by I'm 25. And I mean, I literally thought I was going to be having kids like this year because I turned 26 in the fall. And that's just like what I I thought I was going to do because that's what I saw growing up. But now as I get older, I'm just seeing that there are so many people that are not rushing like even getting married until like their mid thirties. And right. then there is like this, um, this like fear. And for a lot of women who do want to be mothers that you do have to kind of rush while you are still able to have children. Yeah. Um, so yeah. speaking of having children, do you feel as though people have ever 
come to you. And I know that, I know that they do. Cause I looked at your Instagram, but they come <laughs> to you and they say, Oh, I didn't want children, but then I had a kid and it's the best thing I've ever done. Like you just need to give it a shot. You just need to like, try. Yes. Yeah. People try to talk you out of your decision and say like, well, I thought that way too, but then I did it. And now I'm, now I'm so happy. That is so common and such a popular statement. And, and I would get that all the time. Like, Oh, I had this co-worker in my last job whose sister also didn't think they wanted kids but now they have them and they're so happy and it's just hilarious to me because it's like first of all I don't know this person that you're referring to <laughs> and what is this per- like what are, are these persons like beliefs and values and what are they looking to get out of their life like it it's not the same as someone who's like, okay, maybe I don't want them yet. I want them later. And then they decide to have them. It's good for them, but it doesn't mean that I am making a giant mistake or that any other women who decide to are making a giant mistake because we're just all such individual people. And I try to tell people all the time too, like in my community that you do have to come to accept that not everybody's going to accept your choice, especially older people, because they're coming from a generation where their personal beliefs and their value systems, like they cannot fathom the idea that you're not going to have a kid. Like it just won't register. And rather than get like really frustrated and angry about it, um, it's really up to us to accept like, okay, this person is not going to, doesn't see my side at all. It doesn't register with them and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that happens all the time too. I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. You get I mean, I got, oh yeah, you get, and that's what I was telling you, like, as you get older, because 30, because people start telling you this biological clock is ticking, which the biological ticking clock does not exist in the way that people think. I talk about that in my program as well. And um, and also I see an uptick of it, of the panic, like late 30s, 37, 38, 39, because now you're turning 40. When I was your age, 30 was the number. Like if you didn't have a kid by 30, like your days were numbered because you're old and like it's never going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. And then all this data came out that, you know, how you're just not going to have a healthy baby and all of that. So now we see it being pushed to 40, right? And in about a few years, I mean, I'm already hearing so many women having kids at 50. Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah. I actually, I was in the elevator with my maintenance person that we chat all the time. And he always sees me with Eddie, my dog. And he's like, no kids, huh? And I'm like, no, I don't have any. And he's like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 47. And he's like, oh, he's like, don't worry because my sister just had a baby and she's 51. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't want one though. Like I never wanted to have one. And he's like, really? (laughs) Like, I mean, it was just, I talked to him all the time. He's like this sweet older man, but it's insane because whenever I say that, it still comes up for me. People are like, you're 47, your days are number, whatever. And I'm like, it I don't it want still, to though. <laughs> it still does because now women are having kids older. So I think we're going to have that we're, for a while. I think we still have 40 as that magic number, do or die, you know? <laughs> but it's going to move to 50. Like it's just going to just like 30 move to 40. So it's always going to be hanging over our heads in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that biological clock, let's also talk about like the bio, 
biological inability to have children as well. Like the women who don't have a decision, um, because maybe you're infertile or your partner, um, like you're just not able to have a baby. So with your community, do you find that there are women who are not able to have children and they don't have that decision as well? Yes. I mean, I have so many good examples. I'll share one with you. So I have, um, a member of my program is child free for me that she went through, she had fertility problems. She went through 10 years of fertility treatments, multiple IVF sessions. She had two ectopic pregnancies. She had major, major body invasive surgeries And after the 10 years, she just was so emotionally, physically, just completely drained. Mm -hmm. And she said to herself, do I even want this? Like, is this something I really wanted? Or is this something that I thought I had to do? Mm -hmm. And she started, and that's why she originally reached out to me because she was trying to figure that out. And she has become like my number one advocate. She is living her best child-free life. She's a completely different person. And she is just, the only thing that she's trying to let go of is like some of the resentment that she wasn't aware 10 years prior that there was a choice. And that, because she was telling me that once you go into the infertility bubble, that within the community she was building, it was like, if you're not willing to do whatever it takes to have a baby, like she felt ostracized by that community. It's so interesting, right? How like we can just be outcasted out of all these different areas. And um, so, yeah, it happens. I have several actually that have had that happen to them. Yeah. What do you think it is about children that not encourages, but creates so much conflict amongst people, whether you are infertile and you can't have children and you don't necessarily want to adopt, or you do have children and they're your world, or you do have children and maybe you don't connect with them, or maybe you just choose not to have children. Like, what do you think it is about children that is so sensitive for, for people? I think it's because it is the single most life altering decision you'll ever make, right? Like we've played this game before. Like what else is just as bang, right? You buy a house or a condo, you can sell it. If you take a job, if you're torn between jobs, you could always quit or you could always go do something like this is such a permanent decision, right? Because once you have a child, you can't return it. (laughs) So, um, so I think the fact that it has so much power behind it, that whatever choice people make, they hold on to it really strongly. So if you do have children, you want to show that this is like truly like your biggest joy in life, like your biggest, um, the the thing that fulfills you the most. And actually there's been studies done. I can't think of the, um, uh, I can't think of it, but I'll share with you if people want to see it, where they did a study on cognitive dissonance, which is basically why do parents always say like, 
oh, let's, you know, they drive me crazy, but I love them. And they always have to be like, they're the best. They're so fulfilling, happiest thing of my life. And, or they'll tell you an hour story of how they're just going completely insane, but then they want to make sure that, you know, they love them and that you're like, why does that happen? Why can't they just say that and just say like, that's what I'm feeling right now. Right? Like, why do we have to add the the cherry on top so that people still know this is still the best decision I've ever made. And they did a study about that. Um, and they did two rounds of it. And they really found out that people who have kids, they were, it, it, was a, it was a rather lengthy experiment, but that people who had kids really felt like they had to prove why this decision is the best decision they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that just happens for a lot of reasons. Like, I don't think that parents have the freedom to express their experience without being criticized and judged, right? Because if someone comes and tells you like, I don't know if like, I wish I hadn't done this or this is really hard or anything like that, people can come at them for that, right? And I think that's what causes a lot of these problems. There's not an a safe space that people can just speak their truth. And I'm not saying all parents, obviously, by any mean, but I'm saying it would be helpful to hear from parents, like what the true experience is without having to add that on top of like, but I still love them. Like just share about what your day-to-day is like and what are you struggling with? Mm -hmm. Because women who are deciding are listening to all the, this is the best ever, full of joy, So they just assume like, wow, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be no issues here. And I'm just going to have this wonderful life with a bunch of children. So I think it's important. And I do feel bad that parents don't have the space to share some of this information because of being criticized. Like, I think everyone should be just given a platform to just speak their truth. And that will just allow younger generations to make an informed decision based on truth. Yeah, it is wild that with the rise of social media, I feel like it really has just created more opportunities for people to be that much more judgmental. And I feel like I can especially see it with parents and specifically on Facebook, you go on there and like immediately there's always like an argument about people trying to justify their side. So when you say that there's like this, you called it cognitive dissonance. Do you on the other side of that ever feel also that you are, you know, also advocating for your decision as well. Yeah, I mean, I have to advocate for my decision because it it's not been advocated for mm-hmm. necessarily, right? Like, this is how I explain it to people. Like, the side, when you choose a side of, you know, getting married, having children, that whole thing, it's very, um, it's very lit up, right? It's very... This is like the ultimate dream, right? It used to be the picket fence too. I don't even know if people even say that anymore. No, I know but... about the picket fence. <laughs> my, my mom and my mom and her sister, they wanted to start a business called like white picket fence or something like that. And honestly, it could have been, it could have been derived from that. <laughs> the white picket fence was always like, okay. That. Yeah. Cause that was like the dream, right? The white picket fence, the house, the kids. Um, so that's very lit up because- We've seen it, we know it, we get exposed to that all the time, like we talked about in media and movies, but then this other child-free side looks like dim and gloomy and like lonely. What's going to happen to you, right? Like I I describe it to people like, 
you, you go down this choice and you're almost like walking into a dark room with blindfolds on and like your fingers crossed, like hoping that like you didn't make the biggest mistake of your life and like you don't know what's coming and are you, you know, you're walking off a plank and, you know, so that just, that creates all the anxiety. So what I'm trying to do, what Rick's trying to do is just be like, it's okay. This light, is, this side is just as bright, just as great. You don't need to be afraid of it, but it's up to you to decide which one is for you because they're both equally fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I love that message. (laughs) uh, So my podcast is called Fun on Weekdays. And I think it's important to mention that there are people of all ages. I actually had a woman message me and she has a daughter who's my age and she bought a hat, a fun on this hat. And she goes, how can we get connected with some other women who are like 40 years and older? I'm like, Oh, I can make that happen for you. Like, let's create, let's create a group me for you or a Facebook page for you. So I think it's important to mention that there are still women of all ages that like still want to live this fun lifestyle. And I yeah. want to bring this back to what your weekdays and what fun looks like to you as yeah. you know, someone that doesn't have children versus some of your friends that do have a family. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually have a very active, uh, uh, pretty much all of our friends here in Austin are child-free. We just sort of found each other and this person knows another child-free couple. So that just makes it super easy because when we try to get together with our friends who have kids, you need like a six month in advance (laughs) (laughs) notice. Right. And I get it. I, I, I respect it. Like I get it. You can't just like pick up and go, but the the fact that we here in Austin can just make like, like, like probably like someone your age would, right? Like you just text someone and you're like, this day sucked. Like meet me at so-and-so in like half an hour, you know, and and they'll be like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know? So I think there's so much opportunity. So for us, particularly we'll pick a ball is my new thing. Yeah. So <laughs> you need to play. Although yeah, I have a feeling cool. you're totally downplaying your, your coaching. I feel like you can whip my butt. <laughs> I definitely don't think so, but you'll, maybe we'll say, we'll say. Um, I think I'm too, you know what it is? I'm like too, Rick always tells me like, you need to let go. Like every time I do something, I do it with like so much concentration and intent that like sometimes like I just need to let go of that, right? And just like play rather than being yeah. like, is my pinky okay? Is my wrist okay? okay? So I'm trying to let that go. So yes, I would love to play. Um, so that's a new thing for me. We do, I mean, right now it's so hot, but we do like random walks around the lake. We've driven those, we're obsessed with those retro boats on the lake. Yeah, Have you I, no, not yet. But I remember when those um, first launched in Austin, it was like a huge hot commodity. You couldn't even book them for like months in advance. Yes. Yes. And we finally did it. They're still super booked by the way, mm-hmm. but they're way more fun than I thought they would be. So, um, so I can tell you about that experience for sure. Um, and it's just, it, I mean, there's just so many places here that I adore and that I love. So like happy hours are so available. Restaurants are so available. You know, now here in Austin, like getting a reservation is like, can be like not the easiest thing in the world. So we all will just have all these reservations and be like, oh, it's today who wants to come. It's all very spontaneous. And I think that level of spontaneity is something that really lights me up because I've done it my whole life, right? I was doing it when I was your age and just continue to do so. 
And not letting go of that, like not having to let go of that is really cool. We also made ourselves like a, a summer plan of we have to go to at least two new places a month because okay. and it could be anything. It could be like a restaurant, a bar, like a coffee shop, um, a winery, whatever, because sometimes we get stuck in our favorite go-tos. And I found that we're not like rotating enough, like new places. So we made um, a pact to do that. We also um, said that we have to move minimum of four times a week because we both like exercise and we both like to work out, but we get caught up in work. So mm-hmm. just being able to to get up and do like stand up paddle or go to the gym or do any of that is at any time during the week is great. So yeah, we also do a lot of in our rooftop. We just walk, like bring a bottle of wine up there and watch the sunset and just chill, make a nice charcuterie board, um, <laughs> <laughs> which Rick is super good at. So I love that. You sound uh, like you two keep yourselves very busy. You're constantly looking for fun. And I think it really just aligns with my podcast in general. I try to advocate that you can still have fun. Like okay, you graduate college and then you get your first full-time job and it like takes over your life. And, and yeah. whether you like love your job or not, your job is still your job. You still spend majority of your life working. So yeah. my podcast is to remind you that you can always create time outside of that to enjoy your life and have fun. And more so this episode specifically about, you know, once you are at the point where you're ready to settle down, you don't have to have a family and if you don't, you can still have a fun life. And if you do, you can still have a fun life. So I yeah, really appreciate yeah. everything that you've shared with us. Um, oh. and I, I wanted to just kind of allow you to talk about child-free connection and where people can find you and kind of mm-hmm. what you do in order to help grow your community. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the childfreeconnection.com is where you can find everything. We spend most of our time on Instagram and YouTube, uh, both called the Childfree Connection as well. And we actually just launched our membership community for child-free people, men and women. My program is, is child-free for me. It's just for women because I did a lot of research and men are not really in this um you know, in this pressure, they don't get as much pressure as we do. To, yeah, to- they don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. They don't get it. But we just launched our community. We're really excited about it. We're, we're doing a beta test of it now and it's going really well. We're going to open it up to the public. And it's just so exciting to see people all over the US and all over the world just wanting to make the best out of this choice. Like we're, we're not going to sit around and just talk about the fact that we don't have kids that doesn't, you know, it's like, that's not what it's all about at all, but we have a different path, right? So we have different opportunities. We have, um, we have a lot of commonality when it comes to our passions and our interests. And we all like really like music and want to, um, you know, go to see concerts and live music. And there's just so much happening that is different from a life with kids. So that's our goal is to expand that community so that more and more people can see what it's really all about. That's awesome. And is it just based in Austin or is it all over? It's all over. I mean, we just started now online and then our eventual goal is to do um, to hold events locally. So, oh, okay. but right, yeah, right now it's online. So people are in Germany, the Netherlands, Sweden, you know, Canada and all over the U S so 
Well, that's incredible. Love to Yeah, we're super excited about it because honestly, like I can't make it all the difference. Rick and I can't do it all. We need to do it together. We need to collectively do it together and say to the world, you know, this is okay. And not only is this okay, this is amazing, right? Like if you go this way, it's amazing. So that's really the intention behind it. Well, thank you so much, Veronica. I will share all of your socials and your links and your website in the episode description as well. And again, I think this is a really awesome episode, especially for myself too, like someone who has personally been questioning what the heck, what did my next 10 years look like? Um, I think this is just an incredible conversation that not a lot of people are super open to having. So again, thank you for being vulnerable, sharing your story with all of us and um, yeah, link everything. And thank you again, Veronica. Hopefully we'll see you on the pickleball courts. I think so. I think I'm going to get an outfit too. I need a pickleball outfit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will use a new outfit as an excuse to do absolutely anything. So me too. they call me like Barbie because any activity I do, whether I'm good at it or not, like I need the outfit for <laughs> I feel like the outfit is honestly probably like 80% of the mindset. (laughs) You know, if you have a cute outfit, like you can do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we'll do that. We'll play in our cute outfits. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. And of course, thank you. (laughs) I will talk to everyone of you next Tuesday. Bye guys.